I'm going to ask moms and dads to turn to the book of 1 Peter. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to the book of 1 Peter. Another year has gone by, another new year is here. So we're breaking out the new smartphones, the new day planners, the new calendars, the new, uh, all of that out with the old. In fact, uh, Gordy brought in some calendars. That they're out on the back table. If you don't have a calendar, you may want to pick up one of those. And uh, there's a couple that I ordered. Cosette, I ordered one of the, <clears throat> with, the, uh, with all the arts work from San Diego. That's, in the, that's coming, and that's beautiful. I ordered another one. Uh, I've got it. In fact, one of my guys, one of my friends from years ago, 40 years ago, put, was a SEAL in Vietnam and put together uh, a calendar with pictures from the Vietnam era. And so I've got that, and Mike Wood did that. And so uh, I've got two awesome calendars for the new year. So you got to get a new calendar, out with the old, in with the new, because it would be kind of ridiculous, quite honestly, to try to use last year's calendar, wouldn't it? I mean, that'd be kind of ridiculous. I mean, if you pull out 2015 calendar and start, first of all, the days it'll all be off. Secondly, all the stuff you wrote in from a year ago is not happening on the same day this year, probably. Things that are going to be coming up are not on that calendar. It would be ridiculous to live your life in 2016 with a calendar from 2015. Well, I'm going to suggest to you, if you're really growing in the Lord, if you're really growing in the Lord, it's ridiculous to try to live the same way you did in 2015, 2016. Let's live closer to God. Let's get these ideas, and David and Jane, thank you for sending this to me. I, I had put in the original. In fact, in your notes, in the end there, it says to, to grow and go, to grow and go. But they sent me a, a thing from, uh, from Rick Warren, and, and his slogan for the year is, is grow, so and go. Grow, so and go. And I like that better. So in my notes, I've got it, grow, so and go. So kindness, so goodness, so love, so stewardship, so generosity, so the things. Plant the things that you want in your life for the year 2010. Now, there's some things that when we talk about out with the old, in with the new, <clears throat> when we do that spiritually, some things that are very, very important. And the first point I want to talk about is the most important of all. So if you don't do the other two things in the outline, Make sure you're right with this first thing, but I'm not going to spend as much time on this because I major on it uh, most of the time. But the first thing is the new birth, the new birth. All of you had a physical birth. Now there's a new birth that we all need to have. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, for you've been born again. Your new life did not come from your earthly parents because the life they gave you will end in death. But this is a new life that will last forever because it comes from the eternal living Word of God, the new birth. The old birth was the result of corruptible seed. Not that your parents were any worse than anybody else's parents. Not that my parents were any worse than anybody else's parents. But the fact is that we're all flawed. We're all defective in that we are sinners. And one trait that we pass on uh, without exception to our offspring is the fact of that we're sinners and they have a sin nature. And so, as a result, everyone is born to die. Now, you may be, and the kids are, you know, they got their whole lives in front of them. You may be a teenager in here today, and you think, you know, I don't want to think about death. But you know, as a matter of fact, that teenagers die all the time. The moment we're born, we began dying. And the new birth is the result of the living Word of God being conceived within us. And, and it, it, we're born again then to live forever. The moment we're saved, we began our eternal life. So it's not like we're going to have eternal life one day. We, the minute we're born again, we begin our eternal life. Now, the first birth is physical. The second birth 
is spiritual. So Ariel's got her sweet little angelic baby here. She's had that first birth, her baby has, but her mama has had that second birth, and, and her grandma's had that second birth, and one of these days, Ava's going to have, we pray, that second birth, which is a spiritual one. How many here have ever wished you could have a second chance at something? Let me see your hands. How about a third chance? How about a 15th chance? Yeah. How about, you know, whatever day it is, that, that day. Uh, how, how many have ever wanted to live certain parts of your life over again and avoid mistakes that you made the first time around and live for God instead of for yourself? If you've ever had that, then guess what? You had that opportunity today through the new birth through starting over with a fresh sheet of paper, with a whole, a whole new, I mean, everything forgiven. What Christ did for us in dying on the cross and being crucified and shedding his blood made it possible for us to be forgiven for every sin we have ever committed. What better time than as we enter a new year to begin a brand new calendar in your walk with God? John 1.12 says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right, the power, the authority, in other words, to become the children of God. You even have a new name according to the book of Revelation. Do you realize that? Because the Bible says that they will have my new name inscribed upon them. And so I wonder how many are here. I wonder how many of us have actually had that new birth experience. And if you have not, then I want you to do that today before you leave. And so we're going to do something kind of different right now. I want everyone to bow your head just for a moment. This is something a lot of times we do at the very end of a service. But if you've come this morning to God's house and you know as you're sitting there that you're not really ready for heaven, you're not really, you haven't really put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, then I want to encourage you to pray and to ask Him to be your Savior right now. And you can pray something like this. You can say, Dear God, I know and realize that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm going to die one day. Don't know when that is, but I know that death awaits me. And I know that when I die, I'll stand before you. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died on the cross and was buried and rose again. And I want to put my faith and my trust in him. I want to know that my sins are forgiven. I want to experience this new birth. I want a whole new chance to live a life for you. And so by faith, I trust you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, my hope and my desire is that if you've never done that before, that you prayed that prayer right now. But here's what I want you to do. I want everyone to take out a commitment card, all right, a connection card. Everybody take out one uh, from the seat back in front of you. Some of them in the back look a little different than this. They're going to get fixed this next Saturday, and uh, they'll all start looking like this. But some of them are square, some of them are long. But get one of these connection cards. And, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to fill it out because we don't have information on everybody, um, but I, I, I want to I find out some things, like if you're a first-time guest, second-time guest, member, uh, out-of-town guest, if you drove by and saw the church, if you saw us on Facebook, or how you came. But that's not the most important. The most important part is back here, because if you want to become a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've prayed and asked Christ to be your personal Savior, I want you to check that box right here. Now, why am I asking everybody to fill out so that nobody feels singled out, so that you're not the only one pulling out? If you prayed that prayer right now, uh, then other people are going to be filling this out even right now. Maybe you want to be a follower of Christ. Maybe you've received Christ as your Savior, but you've never been scripturally baptized since you got saved. 2016, that's the time. You say, well, preacher, the water's too cold in the ocean. 
uh, we'll figure something out. We'll go to a pool. We'll, uh, I, there's a portable baptistry. I don't know how that works exactly here, but we can, we can do that. Maybe we can run you through the sink a little bit at a time. I don't know. We can get it taken care of, I promise you, if you want to follow the Lord and believer's baptism and, and be committed fully to Him. If you want to be part of small groups, the ladies' Bible studies, uh, the men's prayer breakfasts and men's Bible studies on Thursday nights every other week. If you want to, this is an important one, if you, if you want to be a member of the church, then there's the church membership class. And that's coming up February the 7th. And you could check that box and get it taken care of. If you're interested in serving in a ministry, check that. If if a specific area of of ministry emphasis is something that really attracts you, then go ahead and check that. This is important. So I want you to fill it out. I want everybody to have one of these to turn in. And and on the screen, you can see the different ones. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, check that. What is your next step? Where are you in your spiritual walk? If you're going to progress further in this year than you did last year, then what is your next step? Is your next step to get saved? Is your next step to get baptized? Is your next step to join a small group? Is your next step to begin being involved in ministry? What is it? And then I think there's one more, isn't there, Nick? Is that the last one? That's the last one there? Okay. All right. So be sure to fill out uh, your connection card. Mark it and fill it out uh, right now. Now, the second point is the new walk. And this is the old battle of the flesh versus the spirit. This is the idea of the old gym base battling the new gym base. Uh, the old fits battling the new fits. The, the old Doug battling the new Doug. Uh, it, it's this idea of Galatians 5, and through 24. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. There is no conflict with, conflict with the law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified him there. I don't know if you've ever been in a service, or maybe an Easter service, where they had a cross, a wooden cross. I wouldn't do it to this one. It's too nice. But uh, a wooden cross where people write on the card. They don't sign it, but they write on the card what their sin is, what their besetting sin is. And then they take it up during the invitation and they nail it to the cross in in a representation of what God wants us to do. In another way, take whatever sin it is, whatever besetting sin, and nail it to the cross, folks. Don't carry it around with you. We carry around these sins that God doesn't intend for us to carry and the consequences of them. It would be like carrying around a, a dead body, a carcass, and, and trying to do everything you do with that carcass that you do with a live body. It would be like getting it up in the morning out of the bed and dragging it into the shower and giving it a shower and dragging it out, drying it off and putting clothes on it and bringing it down to the breakfast table, sitting it up at the breakfast. You say, this is macabre. What are you talking about? Well, I think the Lord thinks it's kind of macabre the way we feed our old flesh, our old nature. If it's dead, bury it. Walk in new life. Walk in the way that he intended. Nail the passions and desires of the sinful nature of the cross and, 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 he, and let them be crucified there. Ephesians 4 says, since you have heard all about him and have learned the truth that is in him, throw off your old evil nature, your former way of life, which is rotten through and through, full of lust and deception. Instead, there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts and attitudes. You must display a new nature because why? You are a new person created in God's likeness, righteous, 
holy and true. What business do we have, ladies and gentlemen, of living our own sinful lusts out when we are to be representations of him who is holy and just and righteous and true? In fact, Colossians, Paul says this way, put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you have nothing to do with sexual sin, impurity, lust, and shameful desires. Don't be greedy for the good things of this life. That's idolatry. He says you used to do them when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of what? Anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, <laughs> for you have stripped off your old evil nature and all the wicked deeds. In its place, you have clothed yourself with a brand new nature that is continually being renewed as you learn more and more about Christ who created this new nature within you. So it's an old nature and a new nature. Which one, which one is dominant in our lives today? Is it the old nature that dictates the way we think and act and speak? Or is it the new nature? It's as different as day and night. Romans 13, 11 says, another reason for right living is that you now you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for the coming of our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. I saw, again, this is not the first time, but I saw on Facebook yesterday how that some, this technology of implanting this uh, chip in the hand of people so they can open the doors without having to punch in the codes and they can uh, they can you know I don't know what you call it have it scanned for whatever kind of operations they need to do you know what don't even come close to me with that kind of an idea I don't want anything on my forehead I don't want anything on my hand now I know it'd be easy to keep attendance in church you know just zap everybody but if I ever ask you to do that, get rid of me right then, okay? Because the forehead and the hand, uh-uh, a book of Revelation, right? We don't want anything to do with that. The mark of the beast is coming, and, and the world's getting ready for it. But the night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So consequently, what's he say? Don't live in darkness. Get rid of your evil deeds. Shed them like dirty clothes. Sometimes I get so dirty doing something. I, so I used to have to crawl under the house. We had a crawl space, and sometimes I'd work on the electrical or the plumbing or something, and, and I mean, the dust down there was just like so deep, and no water had been, and, I, and I'd get so covered, and I'd come to the back door, and my wife would say, uh-uh, take it off. i say, Pat, I can't. Take it off. You're not coming in here. Either take it off or I'll hose you down right out here. But you're not coming in like that. And, and so the Bible says we're to shed, uh, get rid of those things uh, like dirty clothes. Clothe yourself with the armor of right living as those who live in the light. We should be what? Decent and true in everything we do so that everyone can approve our behavior. Don't participate in wild parties and getting drunk or in adultery and immoral living or in fighting and jealousy, but th let the Lord Jesus Christ take control of you and don't think of ways to indulge your evil desires. One of my favorite preachers used to have a saying. He says, make no provision for failure. Make no provision for failure. We used to have a ministry uh, called Celebrate Recovery, and Celebrate Recovery was kind of like a Christian AA program. And, and one of the things we used to tell people in Celebrate Recovery is you know what things will trip you up. You know what streets you go down, where you used to go, and what you used to do, and, and stay away from that street. You know what friends used to be triggers for you. You know what situations used to 
cause you to fall and to fail. Stay away from that. Make no provision for failure. I used to, uh, years ago, I had a guy who was, was an, uh, told me he was an alcoholic, and, and he had been sober for however long it was. And, and one day, I saw him walking into a bar in Imperial Beach. And I talked to him about it that next Sunday. I said, Bob, what, what was that all? What was that? I saw you going to that bar. He says, oh, preacher, he said, don't worry. He said, I'm, I'm over that. He said, I'm just, I go in there and I have a Coke with my friends. And it wasn't very long to where he was having more than just Coke with his friends. And he was gone. And out, he was leading singing for us at that point in time as a layman. But he, he was gone to the cause of Christ. Old nature, new nature. Old lust, new desires. Old wine, new wine. Old songs, new songs. Old master, new master. Sin is no longer your master, Romans 6.14 says, for you are no longer subject to the law which enslaves you to sin. Instead, you are free by God's grace. But free by God's grace does not mean free to do whatever in the world we want to do because we still have that old nature. It's supposed to be crucified. It's supposed to be dead, but too often it rears its ugly head. And so you are who you feed. You are who you feed. If you feed the old nature, you're going to be doing the wrong things. If you feed the new nature, you're going to be feeding the right things. First Peter 2, 2 says you must crave pure spiritual milk so you can grow into the fullness of your salvation. Cry out for this nourishment, nourishment as a baby cries for milk. Now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness, and, and, and the idea here is to grow, sow, and go. This was in your bulletin today. This little card, it was in the, on the bulletin face last week. Now, the reason it's printed up, and Darian did such a good job in printing it up, is so that you can look at this, and you can fill it out, and you can put it in your Bible. Or, if you really want to see it a lot, you can put it on the refrigerator door. Because <laughs> you're going to see the refrigerator door a bunch of times this year. And this will remind you, this will remind you, I will read through the entire Bible in 2016. Now, I think, I think, Marty, I think what happened was, I think if you go to uversion.com on your computer, I think it redirects or something. If you have a, I'm not sure, because I'm not computer literate. I just know on my phone, if I go to uversion.com, I get all kinds of plans, all kinds of programs, all kinds of translations for kids, for adults, for everybody, uh, special interest. I mean, unbelievable. If you do it on your iPad, same way. Uh, if, if, you, if you use the mark of the beast in a PC, I don't know what to tell you about that, Marty. Maybe if your computer gets saved and it turns into a Mac, then everything will be all right. I don't know. But, but anyhow, you, you, may have to, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you may have to go to Bible.com. But anyhow, uh, on your device, I know the uversion.com. Read through the Bible in one year. It is so easy. It is so easy. 15 minutes, probably most of you can read through. 15 minutes a day, you can read through the entire Bible. I'm already a day ahead. I like to do that in case I mess up or something happens or, I, you know, whatever. So check that. And, and, and then I will endeavor to be in God's house every Sunday unless providentially hindered, which means you're dead. And if you're dead, you don't have to be here unless it's your funeral. Then, you know, that would be okay. But be in God's house every Sunday. Uh, third thing, I will honor God with my tithes and offerings on every blessing God gives me in 2016. Some suggestions there. If you've never given consistently, begin doing so. If you tithe, increase uh, what you give a percent or two. If you already do more than tithe, practice extravagant generosity. You cannot outgive God. The fourth thing is set aside a time to pray, to talk, and to listen to God every single day. Don't go to bed without spending that time with Him. So fill this out. Put it somewhere where you'll see it. 
and let it be a reminder, a good reminder. Uh, maybe tape it to the dash of your car. I don't know what, but somewhere where you'll see it and where it'll remind you because if we do the same things we did in 2015, we're not going to be any further along down the road in 2016. So we've got to figure out what it is. Let's grow, let's sow, let's go. Let's do what God wants to do. The third thing here, last point of your outline, new goals. The new goals. I know some of you maybe wrote down, maybe some of you wrote down resolutions. I meant to bring, I meant to bring some resolutions that I had written down a few years ago. One of them was to gain 10 pounds. I, I, I fulfilled that. Uh, I can't remember what the other ones were, but some of the very few resolutions that I actually kept. Uh, so, but here, here's some new goals. Philippians 3.13. I am not all that I should be, but I am focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past. And that's the neat thing about communion. Forget the past. You know what? Whatever failures we've had, whatever slip-ups we've had, whatever malicious things we've done or said, whatever lustful things we've, that have entered our mind, guess what? They can all be taken care of through confessing them to God, asking His forgiveness, and, and judging sin in our own lives. That's what communion is all about, judging sin in our own lives so He doesn't have to judge us. I don't know about you, but I would rather judge sin in my life and say, you know what, God, you're right, it's sinful and it's wrong, and please forgive me for it, than, than to have to let him judge me and then come to the same conclusion anyway. So forgetting the past and doing what else? Looking forward to what lies ahead a year before. Who knows what opportunities God has in mind for you? Who knows what God's blessings are going to be for First Baptist Church, for the city of Coronado, for the country that we serve and, and that we love so much? I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. You know what? Paul wrote that. You know what his past goals were? Putting Christians to death, stopping Christianity, silencing the gospel. Those were his goals. And he thought he was religiously right about that. He, he was a Jew of Jews. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was, he was, uh, I mean, he was up there. He had, he had memorized the Torah, the, the five, first five books of our Bible. He, he, he knew what he was talking about, he thought. And, and his plan was to put an end to Christianity. You say, well, I can't imagine something like that. Well, what are your past goals? What were your past goals? Were they God-honoring? Were they spirit-filled? Were they godly at all? Did you have lust for immorality? Did you have a craving for alcohol or other drugs? Did you have a desire for fame, fortune, or power? Paul had to say, I'm forgetting those things. I mean, even consenting to murder, even holding the cokes and the garments of the people who were stoning Stephen to death. I, I have to forget that. I confessed it and forsake it. I have to forget about that and press for the, the, the things I had, the goals, the new goals that I have. And so do we. What are your new goals since coming to Christ? How about these? Watch the clock. Ephesians 5.15 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Our days are few. I think when my mom and dad passed away, it began to dawn on me that life really is limited in a new way. I mean, I knew that. But when you're 20, you don't think about that. When you're 30, you don't think about that. 40, I didn't think about that. But at some point, you realize that that our days are few. James says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your, your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. And the days are evil. So watch, watch the clock. Redeem the time. Secondly, walk the walk. Walk circumspectly. 
deliberately, accurately, with precision and care. Plot out the, the path that you're going to take. Walk wisely with faith, obeying God's commands, applying His principles to life. You want success, real success, God's success in your life? Read His principles, know His principles, apply His principles, practice His principles. Be like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Walk the walk. Thirdly, win the time. Not just watch it, but win it. How do, you, how do you win it? By prioritizing things in your life, living with a view to eternity, what really counts. I, I love, uh, Rachel, what you posted about, does it count? Let it count, whatever that, that on, on Facebook. You know, let it count. It's not so much, Lord, do this, Lord, do that for me, but let whatever I'm going through, let it count. Let it make a difference. We should want to make a difference for the cause of Christ. Whatever it means to us personally should be secondary to what it means to God. A fourth thing is grow, slow, and go. In your outline, it probably says grow and go. Get in Bible studies here. Guys, you need the Word of God. Hey, the women are great about this. Can I get an amen from the ladies on that? You, I mean, they're good about it. They have a Bible study. They come like crazy. We, we, uh, men are going to have a Bible study. Yeah, it's good she's going. She needs it. I'm okay. Don't look at me that way, huh? Get into Bible studies. Attend Discovering First Baptist Church. I mean, come to the First Baptist Church discovery class after church on February the 7th and figure out what it is to be a member and become a member. Get involved. If this is where you come, this is where you fellowship, this is your family of faith, then get in, get involved, be 100%. Get into the Word of God. Pray. Be faithful. Give generously of yourself. Here's some things not to do. don't, Don't be satisfied with your progress. Be dissatisfied with your progress. Never be satisfied with where you are spiritually right now. Paul wasn't. Be delivered from your past, because if you're not delivered from your past, it can hinder your future. Past guilt, past grief, past glory even, past grudges. Don't live in the past. Learn from the past and go forward. Again, that's what baptism and communion are all about, is saying, I'm putting a stop. I'm drawing a big dark line right here, and and this is the way things were. Now, this is the way things are going to be by the grace of God, with the help of God. Be devoted to a person, to a purpose, rather. Paul had a goal and fixed his mind on that goal, and he enjoyed the journey. And and then number four, be determined in your progress. God wants to do great things in your life, and that future can begin right now. So again, look at your card, and in the light of the things that we've talked about, in the light, more importantly, of whatever the Holy Spirit has said to you, what is your next step? And are you willing to take it? Or are you not willing to take the next step out of fear? I may not live up to it. Out of plain old sin, because I I still enjoy what I'm doing. Do you know there's joy, there's pleasure in sin? That's why so many people people are involved in sin. There's pleasure there. That's temporary. It's short-lived, and there are all kinds of consequences. And it's never worth the price that you have to pay for it. Sometimes people aren't willing to take their next step because I'm not ready. I'm enjoying my sin too much. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be in that position. That's a dangerous position with an almighty, holy God. 
What's keeping you from taking your next step? What is your next step? Everybody here has a next step. I have a next step. What is yours? Put it down. Fill it out. Be willing to do it. Too many of us try to enter the new life with an old agenda. Try to go into 2016 with a 2015 calendar. I say out with the old. Because if you have no new birth, you have a lost soul. If you have no new walk, you have a lost testimony. If you have no new goals, you have lost rewards. The new year will not be what it can be if you walk the same old way. So put on the new, the salvation, the separation, the dedication, the joy of living in the center of God's will. And one of these days, by the grace of God, all things will be made new. How many know the Sharper Image stores? Do they still have those? I'm not sure. A few years ago, the Sharper Image stores had a clock called the Life Clock. And it was triangular in shape with a digital display, and it had a, a unique feature whereby the owner of the clock, now listen to this, would enter his or her date of birth. A computer chip inside the clock would then calculate, based on actuary tables, how much time remained in the owner's life expectancy. You could literally watch your life tick away. It was not a great seller. As a matter of fact, it may have been what led to the demise of sharper image. They should have set their own clock and said, uh-oh, things aren't working. As we go into this new year, we're not too far in. We're not too far in to make it count. Instead of counting down, let's say, you know what? We've got, we've got some time left. God's given us right now. We don't know about tomorrow. We don't know about next week. We don't know about next month. We don't know about next year. But today, God, while you give me breath, while you give me clarity of mind, while you give me the strength and the ability, let me count. Let me count for you. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads again. Father, I pray that your perfect will would be done in each of our lives. Lord, everybody here knows where they are spiritually. And I think everybody here knows what their next step needs to be. So, Lord, I pray we would come honestly before you. We would come humbly before you. We would come surrendered before you. And we would do what you would have us to do. Lord, as we approach communion, I pray that you would help us to confess our sinfulness to you and to forsake it with your help. Lord, to commit to making right whatever we can with people that we've wronged to forgive those who've wronged us. Cleanse us, Lord. That's what communion is all about. Cleanse us. So we walk out of here with our shoulders up, not burdened down by guilt and shame and failure living for you. A new birth, a new life, and new goals. Help us to grow and to sow and to go. In Jesus' name.